Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television Live, the CMO Insight Series. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, we have with us Teresa Caro, who is Senior Vice, you're welcome. Uh, she is Senior Vice President of Marketing for Fortiva. So Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. You bet. So tell us a little bit about Fortiva and you guys, what you guys, what you do. Well, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to back up before I talk about Fortiva and talk a little bit about the industry that we play in because it'll help better understand the products that we offer. Sure, that would be great. Right. So what's interesting about the space that we, that we work in is we're in the finance space and I'm sure you're familiar with credit scores. 850 is a perfect credit score. And it Still goes, trying to get it up there myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm guessing you're prime. Uh, I'm, I'm up there, but not quite, not quite okay. there. <laughs> and then you have less than prime. So that's depending on how deep the prime providers are going. You'll have less than prime, which is mid 600s, up 600s. And then you'll have the, the deep impaired credit, which now you're getting into the 500 range, right? Okay. Well, what's really interesting and what people believe in terms of a subprime or a less than prime credit score or an impaired credit score is people sort of get this vision in their head of what that person looks like. And so I brought a few stats. Can I, can I read these oh, off to you? Perfect. So what's really interesting about this space, so in 2015, Experian did a research study on the US population and they found that one third of Americans actually have a credit score 601 or below. Wow, one third? Yes, one third, 601 or below. So now you're getting into greatly impaired credit. And this isn't something that just is uh, a certain type of generation or a certain type of population. This hits all generations. So another interesting statistic, this is TransUnion now, so you have the different credit bureaus. So TransUnion is another one, and they took a look at it from a generation perspective. So you have the millennials, which everyone loves talking about the millennials. 43% of the millennials are considered less than prime. So now we've moved to more of a less than prime kind of conversation. So 43% of millennials, which I guess you would expect, they're just coming out of school, they maybe haven't had a lot of time to build their credit. Well, Gen Xers, we've had a lot of time to build our credit. A third of Gen Xers have impaired credit, less than prime. That's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then 20% of baby boomers. So maybe they got their acts together by then. Um, so 20% of baby boomers are considered less than prime. Well, what's also interesting is credit.com did a, an article back in March of 2017 talking about how long it takes to build your credit back up again. And it's seven to 10 years. So for those audience and for you, think about that friend that lost their job in 2007 and they had to start prioritizing or maybe they had to default on the loan on their home. They had to make some pretty tough decisions. Well, now they have a full-time job, they're paying their bills on time, yet it's going to take them seven to 10 years to repair that credit, okay? So business opportunity and also customer need opportunity, right? Well, let's also add, so also in 2015, this is the Federal Reserve. They did a research study. Almost half of Americans, 46% of Americans, if they have an unexpected expense greater than $400, they don't have the money to pay for it. So I don't know about you, but we live in Georgia and in the middle of August and your HVAC system goes out. Yeah, that's good. You need to fix it, yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit more than $400. So there is a consumer need. There is a business opportunity 
there, correct? And a lot of businesses offer prime credits if you think about Synchrony, Wells Fargo, in the home improvement space you have Interbank. Those are prime providers, but they only go so deep. And then you have some of the tertiary, you know, the lease purchase companies that you talk about, rent to, rent to own. Okay. So they also fill a need <clears throat> for those less than prime type customers. Um, but there's that middle space, those people that are starting to repair their credit, that have certain aspects of uh, their life that they are starting to put back together again. And they're not going to be interested in a lease purchase kind of situation. They want prime like credit, yet they can't get it. And so that's where Fortiva comes in. So this is another funny thing. So now we're going to talk about Fortiva. I have a little bit of a brand challenge. So Fortiva has a line of consumer credit products, correct? These consumer credit products are offered by Mid-America Bank and Trust Company. Separate organization, not part of Atlanticus. Um, uh, they are a bank, so they are the lender. Now, Fortiva, consumer credit, uh, consumer credit products, we have three product lines. One is Fortiva Personal Loans, Fortiva Credit Card, and Fortiva Retail Credit, which we're going to talk about today. Okay. So the first two are direct-to-consumer, more B2C type brands. Retail Credit is a B2B2C, or in some cases, a business-to-business -to, -business to sales to before we actually get to the consumer and generate so any So like you're, you're providing credit facilities to retail locations, so if someone gets rejected, let's say, for a traditional financing, that they, that they would be able to use your package so they could purchase whatever they were trying to do, whether it's furniture or Correct. something. So you, you, you have Sears Home Pro come to your house, so we're talking about HVAC, they come to your house, and the prime provider turns you down. Well, you still need the, it's 100 degrees out. You still need the HVAC. We would come in and do what is called take a second look at your credit score and, and look at other data uh, factors okay. that play into that. The other interesting thing about our, the branding is, so Fortiva is the brand for Mid-America Bank. Well, we work for Atlanticus, and that's the 20-year-old company. So okay. Atlanticus is, is the company that I work for, 20-year-old company. Um, what differentiates us, and, and it's fun to watch all the, the companies that talk about how they're transforming the space and, and debunking different ways. Well, we've been doing that for 20 years. We have the deepest underwriting, deep underwriting, very flexible technology, real-time decisioning. Everything's done online. So that's our story. Okay, so you have all that, but you said that you said you have a challenge. So what's your challenge? So the challenge is, is those are three brands that I just talked about. So you have the corporate brand, okay. and then you have the Fortiva brand of products, and then you have Mid-America Bank that is also plays a part in it. And so it's making sure that people trust in the company that's been around for 20 years, trust in the, in the product, that product, Fortiva, and also trust in our bank partner, Mid-America Bank. So now, so um, it's interesting because not every CMO has to deal with both the B two B and B two C. So you're kind of straddling both. Yes. So how how are you setting up your team to do that? Do you or is, is there two different teams? Are you having like a core team manage both? How do you, how do you approach this? It, it depends. So both. There's a hybrid aspect of it, and so there are certain experts. One that focuses on consumer, one team that focuses on consumer, and the other that focuses on B two B. Because as you can imagine, and this goes to one of the challenges and the innovation piece actually that you talked about is we are a 20 year old company that has been born on credit card. We are very good at the, the credit card business, the credit card consumer business, direct response. 
80% of most companies know that if they do this, they will get this result. And then they have the 20% that they use for testing, correct? Okay. Well, if you look at a couple years ago when I came in, and, and retail credit's been around for more than that, you come in and this company needed to better understand how to handle business-to-business -business marketing, right? It's different. Business-to-consumer, you send out the piece, you get your response. And, and you can have a good sense of what kind of response you're getting. B2B may take two weeks, it may take four years, right? You have the different challenges of we may have a brand awareness, and, and not just brand awareness around Fortiva, but brand awareness around financing. Are they using financing yet or not? Do they understand the value of financing? Do they understand what second look even means and the value of that piece? Do they understand Fortiva? and how we compare to our competitors. Is there an incumbent, and so we need to convince them to do the champion challenger or displace them? And so that kind of conversation can happen in a brief amount of time or a long period of time. And so that's a different skill set. So what is that? I mean, so certainly from a company, you're probably measured on net new applications processed, um, credit growth, I guess, so people repeat purchases. In marketing, though, what are you gonna measure on? What, are you, what kind of outcomes are you held accountable for? Well, can we back up a second? I'd love to answer. There was a question you and I were talking about before around strategy. Okay. Because that'll help in terms of how we're measured because we do it a little bit differently than most marketing and sales organizations. Go for it. Um, and, and strategy is a pretty exciting conversation for me. In fact, if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, I have a presentation that is about Game of Thrones and how today's, especially the digital marketing organizations. Next season's coming up soon. I know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but you know Game of Thrones in terms of you have the different kingdoms, so they lost their king, right? And so you have all these different sub-kingdoms and they're all fighting to be the lead king and they can't make a decision of who did it. You look at digital marketing, email grows up in their way, social, advertising, public relations are all growing up in these different silos and typically they are not integrated. The whole thing about integrated marketing communications that we learned about in MBA school has in a lot of ways been forgotten. In fact, eMarketer did a research study, 80% of marketing departments incorrectly start with tactics first before they have a strategy. It doesn't place. surprise me. Yeah. Yes. So that's a, that's a big challenge, right? Um, and so what I have always taught, so I'll speak first in general terms, what I have always done with my clients when I was on the agency side or even on the brand side is you need to start with business objectives. Not marketing objectives, business objectives. Things CEOs will talk about with their shareholders, their investors. And so sales is easy, right? Sales is easy. But there's other aspects you need to uncover. Is it a brand awareness challenge? A brand perception challenge? Is your competitor going around and telling people that you're going out of business? And really you look at your current situation and realize, yeah, it sort of looks like we're going out of business. We need to fix that. Is it repeat purchase? Is it um, advocacy? That's an important business objective that you can then measure and report that back to your shareholders. And then the next layer underneath that, if you have the difference between KPIs and metrics. As marketers, we all know that opens, clicks, uh, engagement with social, time on site, all important metrics as we test and optimize our different channels, right? But those are not going to track back to the C-suite. Yep. Um, sales is easy, so email, you're gonna be able to track sales. It's those other business objectives that become pretty difficult to track and you need to agree at a top level organization what they're going to be. For a brand perception, are you going to do a pre-survey and a post-survey? 
Are you going to look at the quality of your leads, the type of leads, the quantity of your leads, versus a year from now, two years from now? Those are all important pieces that you need to decide, because going back to your question about how are you going to be measured, those things need to be agreed upon. And then you can prioritize your strategy statements and your tactics and all of those pieces. Now, Fortiva, what we're pretty proud about is the head of business development, Mike Fredericks, and myself, so another SVP, we both report up to the president CEO. We both have that valued seat at the table. So we all collaborate together to put together that strategy. We've put in place a strategy that has those business objectives. We have all agreed on the KPIs and how we're going to be measured. I think you're going to be really popular after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> because because this is, I mean, executives talk about this. They want better alignment. They're trying to figure out how to get alignment with their CEO and their CFO. And and you're, that's, you're, you're giving them basically the roadmap right here. Yes, so. Well, and, and I have it all laid out. <laughs> it's a big passion of mine. Um, you have one of those big walls in your office, right? It's like all drawn Yes, out. my yeah. house, oh, Teresa's house. house okay. And, and yes, yeah, some of my, uh, my fellow co-workers on the agency side are going to laugh right now. They'll, they'll let you know um, the, the Teresa's house story. But to, really, that was a, a long way to get to how are we measured. And, and again, Mike and I are very excited about the fact that because we do this jointly, because the budget is created and we're both held accountable for that budget jointly, we don't really get into the SQL, sales qualified lead, marketing qualified lead challenges. There's not a lot of how many dials have his sales team made, how many meetings are they have. There's not a lot of that. We're not, we need to be nimble. <coughs> There's more, here's our, we all love talking about account-based marketing now, right? Uh, it's a very this year. Fun, yes, yeah. this year. Yeah. And you and I have been in the business a while. We know account-based marketing is just a new way of saying the same thing. What is your prioritized list, right? Yep. And, and Mike and I have agreed upon that, and we're all going after that. And so when we talk to Jeff, it's about who on that list have we captured? How has that list grown? Because there's more companies that we discover that actually fit our ICP, our ideal customer profile. And, and how many of those have we closed? And then really in terms of measurement, he and I are looking more at touch points. You know, Jeff doesn't get into that, but, but Mike and I, and, and the person held responsible for retail credit, she and Mike and I are all, we are all looking, Tessa, we're okay. all looking at how does that work and how to, how to optimize those efficiencies. And there's a few people on, on the retail credit team that are responsible for doing that. So. That's awesome. So I got to see Teresa's house, you have a picture? I, I, not with me, but if you look at <laughs> I should have. Um, but if you looked at LinkedIn, um, that PowerPoint and about the Game of Thrones, I actually teach people, and I, I've spoken at different universities about how do you just sit down and have that conversation. And it really is it, looking at my career; it's transformational. You take even as something as simple as a major organization with a small, well, a good-sized social team that can't be proven as relevant in the organization, as soon as they took the business objectives that were being used somewhere else, as, to, as soon as they took that and started measuring themselves to those business objectives, is amazing on how it transformed in imagine, a year. Imagine that, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned that because we, we, we preach that too, so mm -hmm. we get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. um, so tell me a little bit, um, because you, you are working with different audiences, so right. how do you approach technology strategically? And, and you know how are you using it to scale? How are you using it to engage audiences? Do you feel you have everything that you need? No, that's a lot of questions. That <laughs> <have started. laughs> so. uh, and that it ties nicely to that business objective conversation and where I talked about in terms of touch points. We're a technology organization. 
flexible technology, real-time decisioning. So we get technology. Um, that said, we don't do technology for technology's sake. So every piece of technology that we inject in needs to meet a particular business need. We actually need to show that by putting it in a generated return on investment, not necessarily in terms of incremental sales, but being able to do more with the same amount of people. And also, integration is the name of the game. Because that's another thing too that you end up, especially in larger organizations, you end up with a piece of technology here, and then here, and here, and they don't really communicate easily. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in APIs, it could be some kind of simple handoff. And so we've done a lot of research in the past year. We had Enforce CRM, okay. um, which is a great Salesforce automation solution. We've actually partnered with them to create some custom solutions um, to help us with the full lifecycle process. We also looked at just not necessarily a marketing automation platform just for marketing. We needed a marketing automation platform that allowed sales and marketing to go back and forth because we don't generate the lead and throw it over. Okay. We actually work back and forth. And so we needed a solution that helped us do that. Which one are you using? Uh, HubSpot. Okay. Yes. So we've been pushing that one hard because HubSpot is known as an inbound marketing tool, but little known fact that they also have a free CRM solution as well. So you cut over from Enforce CRM to HubSpot or you're using HubSpot? There is an integration point. Okay. So that's what we're putting together. But that's our competitive differentiator, so we okay. won't go into okay. that much. Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned um, that with technology, you're expected to do more mm -hmm. with the same. Mm -hmm. and, I th and we've seen this in the market where, yep, marketers are buying more technology, but they're not getting budget to add more headcount. So right. what they, sometimes they find themselves overwhelmed because they bought this technology to help them scale, but now they have so much technology, they don't have people to use the technology, so they find themselves kind of like in this, in this loop. Do you see some of that too? Absolutely, or? and that was as we were as we were looking at different marketing automation and, and really Salesforce automation because we knew we wanted the two to work together at the particular price point that we needed, knowing that we couldn't add another headcount until we proved this actually worked. Um, that was a, a big part of it. And that's, it, there's a reason why these technology organizations are hiring service teams because what inevitably happens is people go, yes, that's exactly what I want. It solves all these business challenges that we have, yet they don't realize that, yes, it creates a lot more efficiencies, but there still needs to be someone that does it. It doesn't actually run by itself. Yeah, and that's, and that's a big <laughs> so, question. Again, going back to that seat at the table and that, that back and forth between our boss and, and Mike and myself is, and the rest of my retail credit team, is Jeff asking us, do I have to add another person in order to do this? And that's part of the equation that we have to include when we do the business case. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So on, on, um, you talked a lot about your different customers. Mm -hmm. How have you organized your marketing activities for the customer lifecycle? for both the B2C side as well as the B2B side. Uh, so let's start with B2B. From a life cycle perspective, and again, it all ties back to technology and strategies and objectives, and the life cycle comes into play because you have to generate that awareness. You do the nurturing, and then you convert the lead, but then it goes up you know, until the life cycle doesn't truly begin until they're trained. Okay. And even then, uh, it, some go off and they're fine. Um, in other aspects, you know, and, and a lot of people out there in your viewing audience know this, you, you close it, especially on the B2B side, you close it, but then nothing happens. It goes back to the, they bought all this technology, 
but then no one knows how to use it or wasn't properly allocated or there wasn't strategy. So we make sure that there is a handoff from the people who do the training back to it, back to us. So from a, a B2B life cycle, it, some people like talking about smarketing. Have you ever yeah. seen the two kids in the t-shirt? Well, we actually put a third kid in that t-shirt and we call it SMOP operations. And so life cycle is the different departments. It's understanding that audience that we're working with and the different needs of that audience through the life cycle. So the contract signer is a completely different need and different persona than the salesperson. And so understanding that every step of the way, understanding the department that needs to touch them, the channel, the message is very important. Um, in terms of the consumer, again, it depends on the product. Our personal loan product, there is a particular need. They need it cash, they need it now. And they get it, and then they pay it off. And so the life cycle is just helping them remember to pay their loan off. Credit card is a is a different piece in that we it's sort of similar to my retail credit business in that we got them the card. Right now we need to get them to use the card and, and use their our card first. And so there again, there's a relationship marketing piece to that. So it's really simple. There's nothing new on that. the The biggest piece though is prioritization and measurement and tying it back to those business objectives. Those get all business objectives. That's it really is well, and prioritization is a tough one too, especially as you're in a, a nimble organization or the, a lean organization as different marketers like to use. And so there's a lot of conversations around what priorities do you want to place on different activities, and those priorities may shift. We do on the retail credit side, well, and really on on, on both sides, we do every six month uh, business strategy strategy sessions because you never know. You, you think you have this and then something changes or you're very effective here and now you want to prioritize something else. So this has been a, a very powerful 15 minutes. We've covered brand, we've covered business objective alignment, strategy, personnel, technology, customer life right. cycle, B2B, B2C. You really I made mean. me think because we are preparing <laughs> So uh, any parting thoughts of wisdom that you would tell your fellow CMO? What should they be thinking about? Well, strategy. That's the first strategy, one. Definitely strategy. And, and we teased about account-based marketing, yet I really like that there is a, a fresh perspective on that and a fresh conversation because I really feel like we got lost, we as B2B marketers, got lost in the spray and pray aspect. How, let's push the content out, let's get inbound marketing in, which inbound marketing still plays a role. Absolutely. Um, but it's not 100%, there needs to be that mix. And also you need to be thinking about those particular accounts and what they specifically need, not just getting engagement. It goes back to metrics versus KPIs. If you're having your content strategist be measured on how many reads they get for a particular piece of content, then they're going to shift how they do it versus how many quality, quality qualified people read it. Yep. And, and tracking it back to that account. So that's two. Um, touch points. Keeping track of what kind of touch points, how many touch points, efficiencies. Um, integration across departments, the SMA operations aspect of it. Um, and then marketing 101. Test, track, pivot if you need to, accelerate, repeat. Um, as Tess on my team always likes saying, wash, rinse, repeat. Okay. And watch Game of Thrones. And we, well, absolutely, and free <laughs> advertising for Game of Thrones. There you go. Well, Teresa, thank you so much. Thank this you. This was awesome today, and we'll definitely have to do it again soon. Great.
Appreciate it. You bet. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.